You're listening to the Electronic Media Collective Podcast Network. Yeah, it's a mouthful. For more great shows like the one you're about to enjoy, visit electronicmediacollective.com. And now, our feature presentation. Hey, Jordan, your usual drink tonight? Yes, thank you. So, where's Eric and Ryan? Uh, they're on their way. I wanted to listen to your latest podcast, but where can I download the episodes again? You can download all their episodes at movieguyspodcast.podme.com. You can also find us on every social media platform. Every social media platform? That's awesome. Hey, it looks like your friends are here. Let me get the first round for you guys. So I've said many times on all of our shows that I'm a Will Ferrell fan. Will Ferrell can do no wrong. Well, this is just as good as Blades of Glory. This is uh, this is a bad Will Ferrell movie. Eric, how the hell are you doing? Uh, happier that my expectations weren't as high as yours, Jordan. This is one of those movies where you see the cover of it, and just by the box art alone, you just kind of roll your eye and be like, well, I, I think I already know what this movie is going to be about. But because my expectations was set so low, I actually was pleasantly surprised by this movie. Uh, Ryan, what do you think about your uh, Yaya Ding Dong? That was... I thought he, the guy was going to get some comeuppance, but the you know, reversal of expectations and whatnot. Um, I didn't have high hopes for this movie, uh, just seeing the trailer and stuff, but I was still disappointed. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of in Ryan's camp on that. Disappointed. Like, I just love Will, for, Will Ferrell's shit. I just love everything he does. Uh, what is it? Um, Zoolander 1 and 2. I love the movies because he's in it. And he's just funny. Uh, this he wasn't funny. I I hated the accents, and uh, I did not know that Eurovision was an actual real thing. Oh yeah, I that's that's a weird thing from looking this up too. Yeah, and I understand that um, with Will Ferrell, it seemed well. You know what? It seemed like he kind of took a like second chair in this movie. Like he didn't take the leading role in this so much as maybe it was more of an ensemble effort. It wasn't just him kind of all by himself and i think i'm okay with that it was more just like the situations kind of that they that they put in or maybe him and rachel mcadams uh shared it equally so it was not overly will feralized if that's a good word i could use i do have a question um the one thing that really bothered me is why does this movie need to be two hours that's a good fucking question I was I was pissed. It should have been a solid ninety minutes. Good point, I think, Ryan. I think that's like I, that's just, I just think it's the Netflix syndrome that's happening. I don't know because they give them free reign to do whatever. So this this movie there are s- some stuff like it's not structured very well, um, and there's some stuff that happens like they spend time on that they don't need to. Um, but I, like if you pay attention to a lot of Netflix stuff. Um, their shows tend to be, you know, five to ten minutes longer than they need to be. Their movies tend to be twenty to thirty minutes longer than they need to be. And I just, I don't, I mean, I don't understand. They, you know, you you can obviously have some editorial uh, self reflection. Uh, it's not going to be very hard. 
I think that's a good point. But one of the things I find interesting with that, Ryan, is that I was IMDb in this shit. This was not supposed to be released on Netflix. It was supposed to come out in theaters. But well, due to that's COVID, even worse. Right. But due to COVID, they wanted to release it, and Netflix picked it up for distribution. But it was supposed to be released in theaters in July. I think, I think that makes it worse, too, because this movie feels like, especially at the end, like it's like a giant commercial for the Eurovision song contest. Like there was this movie that came out in, I want to say 2014, 2013, maybe. It's about FIFA. Uh, the FIFA Corporation, like how they got started and everything. And it was funded by FIFA. So it's just basically like a two hour long commercial about how FIFA is fucking awesome. And they're not crooks. They're not crooks. They're awesome. Mm -hmm. And like, this feels just like that. Like it, you, the whole movie is based around the, the competition and they even compare it to like the voice uh, they mentioned America's got talent, like, you know, giving people who aren't familiar with it frames of reference and stuff like that. And then his speech at the end where he talks about, this was the, my one goal, my one dream. It's yeah. Gross. Why does this even need to be Eurovision? Why this, why can't this just be, you know, two people in America going to some made up competition? Like, like, because, the reason I'm saying that is that there's no point, really, in having this be in, in Iceland. There's no point of having this be in Eurovision. They could have just had just a made-up competition, right? There's just, there's just no point. I mean, it, it's, because, the, the, whole, the whole story itself of how it got to there is, is already ridiculous. Already based around kind of the ridiculousness of the movie. And so I, I think it's appropriate given the the theme of the movie of kind of like the the level of silliness that they're trying to go and it it snowballed a bit more like for them to say that they're you know not not good and then suddenly it's like this uh this thing where uh they had to do a regional tryout and they went anyway because what the hell ever and everyone ends up dying and so they went yeah. by default because you know, like it's silly, and so it's it's not anything that you should take as seriously, and that's how the movie is presenting itself. You know, like there's a bar. Yeah, but he did that. that. You shouldn't that you shouldn't pass as far as the brow of comedy that we're in. Yeah, but he did that in Talladega Nights. I mean, that was a movie with NASCAR around it, but they didn't like hit you over the head with it. And I guess that's kind of what I was looking for. And I did find that actually surprising. Uh, what you said, Eric, about how, uh, how Will Ferrell, Rich McAdams were there talking. They, you know, they're sad that they lost, and all of a sudden, out of nowhere, with no explanation, the boat just explodes and kills all the contestants and the winners. And now they win by default. And I was like, okay, that was a nice surprise. That's funny, but it's like it would've been better. Like, I think Will Ferrell, 15 years ago, they would have found out in the middle of the movie that he planted something. Or he paid a guy to blow that up because he's just a crazy guy, right? Like, that's what Will Ferrell would have done 15 years ago. Yeah. In his movies. And I guess that that's what was missing. Does this movie suck because Rachel McAdams is not good in it? Like, what is she doing in this movie? She's doing the same thing she did in Wedding Crashers. Yeah, but she's good in Wedding Crashers. 
you don't think she's good in in this one? I I'm not no. joking at all. I think that they highlighted some makeup on on that mole of hers. It seemed to it seemed to really stand out. Well, I mean, Rachel McAdams and I have had a on again off again love affair ever since Notebook. So I mean, she makes a lot of great movies because she's great in them, and then she makes a lot of dreck. And this is this is pretty bad. I think she's for me. She's probably the second best part of the movie. Um, obviously, we we're probably all going to agree that Dan Stevens is the best part of the movie. Um, the guy, <laughs> the, the the Russian guy. Um, but like, I think because the movie, Will Ferrell brings the absurdity. Um, that's what his character is. Rachel McAdams is the straight guy in the in the comedy duo, and so she's the one that gets the emotional arc, the emotional journey. She. If for some reason, uh, I don't I don't understand it because like it doesn't make logical sense to me that she's stuck around into her forties to be with Lars, even though he uh, lives with he's he's in his mid forties, lives with his father and is a parking lot attendant, um, and she's like a school teacher or whatever. Mm-hmm. But she you know, loves he, him, Ryan. She loves him. I know, but I don't, they don't do anything to make it seem like that is a real, like a real world situation. Like that's, that would happen in, in real life, like our world, you know, but Iceland's a different country. They probably have different standards and everything. Um, but like also Will Ferrell is getting old. He's obviously aging. He's probably in his mid to late fifties now. I'm not sure how old he is. Um, like he looks a lot older than Rachel McAdams, but they're supposed to be the same age, so that doesn't help either with trying to rationalize her storyline. Um, but yeah, like they give her the emotional work to do because she is she's a good actress. There's no bones about that. But I just think the script isn't very well written. I think it's very slapshod, like kind of thrown together. I mean, I don't know who I know it's co-written by Will Ferrell, and I don't know who the co-writer is, but my thinking is that this was a script that existed and Will Ferrell just put like rewrote it, but just basically added jokes into it, and that was that. Was it, the funny thing is I, I looked up the director, I, I don't have it in front of me, but Eric, you always look it up. This director has actually done some good movies. This is well, uh, David yeah. David Dopkin. Yeah, his biggest one is Wedding Crashers, but he's he doesn't really have a whole like outside of that, he doesn't really have a whole lot of winners, you know, like well, he's I mean, got the, the Judge, yeah. Red Claws, the Change Up. He will be doing Wedding Crashers too, and uh, Jordan's favorite movie, Red Claws, of course. I don't, I don't even know what that is. What is that? No, I'm joking. Uh, he did do Clay Pigeons though, and I did like Clay Pigeons. That was a uh, kind of a cult classic with uh, Janine Garofalo and uh, Vince Vaughn, if you guys remember that one, Joaquin Phoenix. I do know that one, but but he made something else besides Wedding Crashers that was commercially popular. Shanghai Nights. He made, yeah, some, he made Shanghai Nights. He made Wedding Crashers. There was something else after Wedding Crashers he made. Fred Claus. That was pretty successful. No, I'm not talking about Fred Claus. Something else. There was something else in between. Shit. Yeah, it's that it's that movie with um, it's got uh, Kevin Spacey and Vince Vaughn. I think Rachel Vice is in it. It's uh, Eric. Help me out. What's the name of that movie? Which for are we talking about for, for him directing? Yeah. Uh, did he direct that? Fred Claus. Yeah, he directed Fred Claus. Yeah, yeah. that's what it was. Yeah. Why do you guys keep on bringing up Fred Claus? What the fuck I is we were, Fred I Claus? They but that was like Paul Giamatti and no, oh yeah, Rich Royce was in that. Yeah, Elizabeth Banks, Kevin Spacey. Yeah, you're right. I mean, like, I mean, Wedding Crashers to me 
I mean, that came out right when I was a senior in, in uh, high school. So, I mean, Wedding Crashers always is like a fun, like American Pie kind of movie, like that kind of like, you know, kind of like nostalgia. Uh, so, but I'm surprised with somebody who made Wedding Crashers, what I think is a very good movie, goes from this. It's just, he doesn't know what he's doing. And I think Will Ferrell just chews it up and just says, this is what I'm going to do. Fuck off. Like, I, like I, I, I think you're giving it a really hard time. And I don't think it's to the fault of really anyone involved. But it, it's probably just just the fart of a story, to be quite honest. It, it is quite simple. Like, you, you're able to guess all the stride of what's going to, to happen. Besides maybe a few twists and turns. Like, for instance, I had thought that maybe Will Ferrell's character would uh, probably get together with Dan Stevens. And that would explain a lot of the tension that, that maybe Lars and Secret had between each other, the main characters. Is that because Lars itself was actually, uh, you know, closeted and, and Dan Stevens' character is the one that made him roar, I guess, out. Um, or something that like that. That would make it interesting. That but, would make it interesting, but it doesn't do that. But even, like, the interactions between Pierce Brosnan was, were, were slightly humorous as well, too. Like, I mean, the, the, the charm of the town was, was funny to me. I didn't think Demi Lovato needed to be in there. That was kind of unnecessary that she popped back up. But, uh, I, I, again, it, it might just be the fault of the story, which is kind of the same thing for a lot of his other movies, too, where it, it was just, you know, like, the, the, the story was just so simple and generic and in studio kind of crunched into the manufactured that it, it just didn't leave for anything that stuck with you. It's a forgettable movie. Hey, hey Will Ferrell gave me Step Brothers, and I will always be thankful for him on that one. All right, sir. Do oh, yeah, you, Jordan, do you, so is it the, you said that you really like Will Ferrell movies. Is it the Adam McKay directed or ones that Adam McKay is heavily involved in that you that you remember fondly more so than like kicking and screaming or um uh what's the semi-pro no actually semi-pro is one of my favorites I recorded it on stars two years ago and I and I go back to it regularly when I want to feel like I'm in that mood no I like uh, semi-pro I like kicking and screaming Step Brothers. uh I get hard uh, fuck uh, the Zoolander movies. I, I just, I just love the shit that he's in with that. Talgetting Nights. It's just this movie is Blades of Glory level. You know, it's just not there. You know, it, it doesn't have a, it, it doesn't know. I think what it wants to be, and that's what's frustrating to me is that there was not a lot of Will Ferrell in it, which is what I want to see because he's crazy and stupid. Like, what's another Will Ferrell movie that came out that now people love that I thought he was ridiculous and that I enjoyed was uh, uh, with uh, James Franco. He's back. Is that what it's called? What? Huh? He made a movie with James Franco and, and Brian Cranston. No, he didn't. That's Brian Cranston. I'm thinking uh, <laughs> fuck, Daddy, Daddy's Home. Daddy's Home. Thank you. Daddy's oh, with home Mark Wahlberg? Mark. Daddy's yeah. Home and Daddy's Home too. Those two movies are not good movies, but I enjoy him in it. This movie did not make me enjoy him. I did not have fun watching him. I was not entertained by him. Will Ferrell, I guess, to sum this up in a nutshell, is that I'm not going into a Will Ferrell movie expecting a great performance. I'm going into a Will Ferrell movie to be laughing my ass off and being entertained. And I was not entertained in them. I did not laugh my ass off. It was, it was boring to me. This is not at all what I was expecting. Sure. Uh, well, what that's what I'm you, getting at. 
you you said you were expecting a little bit more of like the sillier side. This is kind of like his his stick, though. I mean, looking at it, oh, at, it his, at his repertoire here, his filmography. I mean, even since Ladies Man, when he was uh, doing that that kind of uh, character, one of his first movies, you know, uh, into into now. Oh shit, he was in Grace Under Fire. <laughs> what up? Uh, but uh, I mean, it's just. That's his his thing. It's just kind of the overacted, the over exaggerated cartoon of a man, and his size plays into that as well too. That he can play like this kind of this Stuart kind of boyish, uh, naive person, and it's humorous because it's um what's the, there's the word in uh, the uh, buffoon is it's the French have like the buffoonery of comedy, and that's what his that's what his stick is. This. Yeah, is a little bit yeah. different though because he's doing a he's doing a full on character in accent, and again he is not the, the main character, nor does the story really center around his universe. It's it's a joint venture. It's more of about the town than it is about him as a character, which is not what I signed up for. I mean, everything that you said is what I kind of have a gripe with this movie about. Like I'm, Will Ferrell, Rachel McAdams, great actress bubbling buffoon will ferrell let's see what we can do with it because he's worked with great actors before and yeah. they have done well together but i mean i, I get what you say that it's not what you expected i guess this is what i expected because this is like when would this have been released if if it were to be in theaters july july a summer movie this is a family movie dude this is what a family this is a movie that you bring the kids to this is a movie that you bring your mom to you know, like that's that's what this movie is. It's an all audience uh, type of movie, and it just fits PG thirteen, and that it borderlines on the edge of, of uh, edgy a little bit because it's got that um, that little bit of a spice humor into it. But ultimately, this is this is for the family, or this is for maybe that junior high crowd too, like a date movie type of thing. Well, it's it's definitely not the movie for me, and it was really bullshit because I called it. I was like, oh, my God, they're going to get married. And you know, She gets pregnant. They have their kid. I'm like, oh, God. Yeah, I just. Yeah. And, of course, the movie ends with everybody wanting to hear ding dong. And it's like, of course it does. Yeah, yeah, ding dong. Well, the point of that is because there's the scene that they do that where the same guy is yelling, play yeah, yeah, ding dong. And Wolf Ferrell gets upset. Uh, is the dialogue's the exact same where he says, do you want to hear our Eurovision song? Uh, well, in the first one, he says, can we play you? We're going to play you one of our, our Eurovision song. And then everyone, you know, they shout them down saying, play Yaya, Bing Bong, or Yaya, Ding Dong. And so they do. And that makes Will Ferrell mad because Lars is upset with his, his station in life. Um, but at the end, he's now content with living in his small Icelandic village. It was also a good callback of a joke. I actually kind of appreciated that even after this this journey has taken place and that they've gained the kind of this this respect uh, in the country and here they are heroes in their hometown playing for them and they say hey let us play for you the song that won us the respect of the country and all of them say no fuck that play yaya ding dong like it's, a, it's I want to know is yaya ding dong their original song or is that just like their like remake of a song do they say it? I, I think it's a fake song. I think I think that it's just kind of like a uh, they made it for the movie. No, 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 no. That's not what I'm asking. I'm asking for the actual characters. 
was Yaya Ding Dong a song oh, no. that they made, or was this like an Icelandic treasure song that yeah, they're it's, just it's, it's putting con- flair to? It's a country song. Okay. All right. It's I didn't know that. Like, it's probably like when there's an open mic, someone shouts, play Freebird. Gotcha. That's what I was wondering, because cause, because the movie didn't specify that. And I was curious. I'm like, well, if he made this song with Rachel McAdams, then why not just bank off of that one song? You know oh, what I mean? Because like in, in Europe, like a lot of the, the bars that they have, that they have, it's because it's community. It's a very communal area. And so they have these songs where everyone can, yeah, yeah, and, you know, like rah, rah, along with it and sing along with it. And it's a good time to kind of rally and, and get riled up type of thing. It's a cheerful kind of atmosphere. That, that's what kind of those those are. Um, okay. Yeah, I don't think it's anything that, that is this there. It's just a drinking song, a bar song. All right, fine. I was just curious on that one. I, I just yeah. – I, I I was I was thinking about it. I was like, okay, should I see this another time? I I'm, I don't want to. And this is definitely on, like I said, the the low spectrum for me on this one. I just <laughs> I have nothing positive to say. Uh, Pierce Brosnan, I'm like, what are you doing in this movie? And he doesn't do anything. Collecting a paycheck, bud. All he does is he reminded me of the dad in Dewey Cox. All he had to say was the wrong kid died, and then that would have been the same goddamn character. Yeah, easy, easy character to play, but that's what this movie was, man. It's just kind of simple and easy characters, stick to the story, and you know, fill your fill your cues, get your marks, and then you get the paycheck, and we all go home. Well, speaking of going home, Ryan, what's going to be your popcorn rating for Eurovision? Wow, already. Um, I'm gonna give it a small bag. I. This movie is too long. Um, I laughed maybe three times in the whole two hours, which isn't good for a comedy. Um, I, I The things I enjoyed about the movie, as I said earlier, Dan Stevens um, as Al- Alexander Letmov, uh, is, he's, he's funny, just to know himself. Uh, but Dan Stevens is a very good actor. Um, I didn't like the, like the, forced, the forced wokeness, I guess, at the end of it, as much as I hate to use that term. Um, where you know he's obviously gay throughout the whole movie um and when she asks him if he's gay he goes in the whole like oh not in russia because everyone knows you know the russians are doing stuff to gay people um but he's hysterical i like the whole thing with the elves um that running joke oh, rachel, yeah. McAdams, rachel mcadams is really good in the movie um but i didn't buy into anything um a lot of the there's a lot of scene like the whole the whole running gag with the Americans uh, and Will Ferrell yelling at them that was unnecessary. <laughs> the whole thing with Demi Lovato as a ghost coming back that was unnecessary. I did not uh, like that at all. It's just there there are so many things they could have cut, so many things they could have changed, and it would have gone from being a slightly less than mediocre movie to a you know slightly better than mediocre movie. And, um, yeah, for that, uh, I'm going to have a small bag. Small bag for me, too. Uh, Demi Lovato going back as a ghost. I never thought I would want to even see that, and I'm, and I'm pissed that I did. Um, Will Ferrell just not, was, was just not Will Ferrell to me. He was not the guy that I've – he was not the buffoon that I've grown to love over the past 10 years. Uh, Richard McAdams, like I said, have a love-hate re- relationship with her. She makes a lot of terrible movies, but she makes some good ones. 
A Time Traveler's Wife is a terrible movie if you guys have ever seen it. Um, I never wanted to watch this movie, never wanted to see this movie. I don't know, a few weeks ago, my wife and I was on uh, Netflix and we saw, I was like, oh, a new Rachel McAdams and Will Ferrell movie. I was like, no, we saw the trailer and both of you said that was stupid. But, you know, for Movie Guys Podcast, it had to be in the schedule for the newest movie. So I was curious to see how this would be. And my expectations were exactly that. Very stupid. This is Blades of Glory territory. This is this is bad. Uh, if you're a fan of Will Ferrell like I am, just avoid this of all costs. Small bag. Uh, Eric, how about you? What is going to be your popcorn rating for Eurovision? You know, guys, I cannot disagree with whatever or with uh, both of you guys of what you've said. I really cannot. And it's, uh, it's unfortunate because. Admittedly, I enjoyed this movie. I thought it was cute. It beat my expectations because they were set to low already to begin with. This is a, is a cute story. It's got some feel-good moments in it. Uh, it's less of a comedy and just more of just more of like just this family movie type of thing. It's got ups, it's got downs, but it's just simple. You know, it's kind of made for like the the tween of anything. Just uh, you know, dumb jokes, uh, a fart here, and then some musical numbers here. Gay joke here, and then some another serious dialogue over here, a situational thing over here. It's, you know, there was a lot in this movie. So that's what I think it was. It was simple enough, and I enjoyed it. But at the same part, there's nothing that's going to keep me to watch this one again. There's nothing that's going to have me remembering this movie a week from now. You know, like, that's it. there's not a whole lot that's memorable. I can't quote this movie. I can do Yaya yeah, yeah, Ding Dong. That might be something, but that's musical it's and that could be kind of separate in itself and again it's not going to be a cultural phenomenon in, in the age of memes or anything like that uh this is a small bag i i really did enjoy it though but at the same part like it's just kind of another one to add to the library I, I, yeah i'm not shocked by all three of our reviews i thought this one was going to be weak Next week, though, I hope you fans don't think the next one's going to be weak because we're going back to horror, something that Movie Guys Podcast is known for that we have not done in a very long time. We're going to be re revisiting some horror here with 1922, Stephen King Netflix movie. I I'm excited to check out this one. You guys excited to check out 1922? I no, I don't know anything about it, so I'm kind of uh, It's already curious. on the list. Um, I'm ready. Ryan, how about you? Are you excited to see this one? Oh, yeah, I'm uh, going through another Stephen King phase. I go through them periodically. I'm reading The Shining currently. Um, watching the Stand miniseries because I know they got the new show coming out on, I do believe it's Peacock or maybe CBS All Access. I don't remember. Um, but yeah, I'm ready to dive right back in. I'm hoping this one's better because the last time we reviewed horror and Stephen King was Into the Tall Grass at the beginning or middle of spring, and we all three hated that film. That was the sun. So what? Well, okay. It was a mix. It was a mix. And I don't know if 1922 is the dreck of King. We'll find out. But thank you, everybody, so much for listening to this most recent episode of our show. And uh, make sure to check us out on all the social media platforms. And if you like listening to us, whatever you listen to us on, make sure to check us out on all other forms of podcasts where you get them from and also on movieguyspodcast.podbean.com. Thank you, Eric and Ryan, for joining me. And next week we'll be back for 1922. Have a good night.